Welcome to the Beacon Way Podcast, where your hosts, Jennifer Christensen and Adrian Wilkerson, talk shop about what really works in today's digital marketing world. As the co-founders of Beacon Media and Marketing, Jennifer and Adrian have been a part of digital marketing since its early stages in the mid-2000s. Tune in as they shine light on what works and what doesn't in the ever-changing world of digital marketing for small businesses. Welcome back to our next episode with myself, Adrian Wilkerson, and Jennifer Christensen. Um, we're with Beacon Media and Marketing. We're the co-founders. And today we are going to be talking about how to remove barriers with your digital marketing, what those barriers are, why they're important, and really some very specific tips and tricks today on how to remove those barriers. So today, one of the things that we want to start off with is some quotes by Einstein. He was dealing with some very complex issues, as we all know. And oftentimes, digital marketing, while not as complex as what Einstein was dealing with, definitely can feel very overwhelming and complex. And where do you start? And so one of the things that challenges us on a daily basis in our marketing world is one of these quotes by Albert Einstein, that if you can't explain it simply, you just don't understand it well enough. And the challenge that everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. So this is something we encounter every day is how do we make the complex simple? And removing barriers really is all about that. Barriers can be complex and complexity in itself can raise barriers. So we believe one of the biggest solutions to removing barriers is to take the complex out of it and to move it down to as simple as possible. So Jen, take us down a little journey here. Explain what are some examples of some barriers and why is it really important and absolutely critical, I would say, to remove barriers in the digital marketing world? Yeah, this is something I am so passionate about. It's something that from the beginning, when Adrian and I started, and we were both really interested in inbound marketing, a big part of that that we were interested in was because it was customer and client focused. And what we saw is instead of like companies putting out, hey, I'm this amazing company and you should do business with me because I'm these things and kind of hiding behind this false wall. Inbound marketing says that you meet people right where they're at and you answer real questions and you make yourself approachable. So it really goes back to our foundation of what we believe in as not only the most successful type of marketing, but the most honest. And so very passionate about breaking down barriers. So for a lot of business owners, and we've experienced this as well, it is counterintuitive to share everything that you do with the world, right? Online. Mm -hmm. it, is, it can feel very just like you're exposing, you know, different people have different reactions. You know, it can feel right. very much like you're exposing. Well, if I tell everybody my industry secrets or what makes me different, then my competitors will know all that. And yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. If I tell people my prices, that could affect, you know, other people than knowing what my prices are and pricing me under. And yeah, all that is true. But the statistics now completely back up that the more information that you give that directly addresses information that your clients are seeking, the better off you are. And since very few companies are doing it, you're going to stand out in your industry. So let me give you an example. Let's say you are selling swimming pools. And the only type of swimming pool that you sell is the concrete swimming pool. And you sell that because you really believe that that is the best type of swimming pool. And you have lots of reasons for that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a website that just says, you know, I sell concrete swimming pools because they're the best. And this is all the reasons they're the best. And, you know, I'm committed to this. Well, the person that's looking at alternative pools will not be able to get that information on your website. So you of why yours is better than an alternative, right? You've now created a barrier. By creating a barrier, by you saying, this is what we do and we're the best, and not addressing potential questions that your potential clients have, you've actually created a barrier in which that means they're going to bounce off your website and go find that information elsewhere. If you had a really great blog and a video that directly broke down, hey, here's what concrete pools, why they're better, and here's why plastic form pools are better, and here's the pros and here's the cons of each, and you break it down. One, that blog is going to rank, so you're going to show up for all sorts of people looking for different things, somebody who may not have even considered a concrete swimming pool. You're going to show up for that, but two, you're giving really good information you're not doing it in a salesy way and you're letting people make up their own minds. And again, as a business owner, it can be hard to do that because we think, well, if they would just, you know, know what we know and choose us, we're the best. But, you know, we all kind of feel that way. So the thing that makes you different is being able to really remove barriers. And what we mean by that is those are barriers that are to the buying process. Mm-hmm. And what removes barriers to the buying process is really good content that answers people's potential questions, that's educational, that isn't salesy, and it helps them in that buying process. They may still go to other websites, but they're going to remember that they got really good information on yours that mm-hmm. makes them trust you. Mm-hmm. So you've not just removed the barrier of not having the information that they were looking for, but you've actually removed the barrier of lack of trust. And that's one of the biggest barriers that's out there. We share information on our like mental health marketing is a huge thing that we do. We've got probably 20 blogs on mental health marketing that talk about the different types that we do, what we do, what our process is, why it works. You know, people could take the information we have and go do it themselves. Absolutely. But what we know by giving that information away is that people trust us more. They get really good information. They know we know what we're talking about. So it removes those barriers. And generally, they don't want to do it themselves. They wouldn't be searching for it. Right. And if they do, that's fine. That wouldn't have been our client anyway. But us putting that information out there, it does not hurt us. It helps Mm -hmm. us. We're taking the step to remove those barriers to being in business with that person. And I think you touched on a really important part. I mean, there were many very important parts there. But one of the things that we see a lot with clients and something we've struggled with ourselves is that niching down into that really specific client and really understanding that we can't take care of everybody. We can't serve everybody really and do a good job at it. I mean, yes, we could do everybody, but we're not going to do a really good job. We're not going to feel good about ourselves when we go home at night if we're just taking care of everybody. But that takes a lot of courage to be able to say, here's my niche and I'm going to own this. And if DIY is not your niche and they take your information that you're putting out there, like Jennifer said, and try to go do it themselves, you got to be okay letting that person and that client go and understanding that they weren't going to be your best client because there's a tremendous cost associated with onboarding and acquiring new clients. There's also a big cost with offboarding clients that aren't a good fit for you. There's Correct. staff time, there's stress <laughs> involved. There's an emotional toll as well as a financial toll. And like I said, through the last 10 years that Jen and I have been in business, we've learned this one the hard way over and over and over again. So 
part of the removing those barriers is removing those barriers to your ideal client and being willing to call out and own who your ideal client is. It's not that you're being snobby about other clients. It's really identifying this is who we do well with. This is who we can really take care of. Absolutely. This widget, if you're selling widgets instead of services, this widget works really good for this clientele. This other clientele who's needing a different widget for a different piece of machinery, this widget over here is going to work really good for them. But that's one of the really important things to identifying which barriers are most important to remove is really understanding who your ideal client is. Yeah. And who you really take care of well, because you're going to be a lot happier. You may have fewer clients that you're onboarding, but your client retention is probably going to go up significantly once you really hone that down and really own that space. And it is something that's talked about extensively in business consulting and just business yeah. 101. And Jen and I read about it and we're like, Sure. But the actual practicality of walking that out was incredibly challenging, way more challenging than either she or I anticipated. And so we just really want to encourage you guys out there, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but we understand we've been there and it is not a step that you can skip, but it does take courage. And we understand the kind of courage it takes to do that, but it is well worth the risk in really niching down and owning your client base and recognizing because then you're going to know which barriers to remove. And there's some barriers you want to leave up because it's going to help really identify your ideal client and help them be the one that calls you as opposed to anybody and everybody calling you. So there are some barriers that you want to leave up. But if you're not selective about those and really understand which barriers you want to remove, you could get an influx of clients and then have to spend a tremendous amount of time, one, sorting through those, two, then onboarding those. And then if they're not your right clientele, offboarding those, which again, like we said, that has a toll both financially and emotionally and time-wise on every business. Yeah. I mean, I love that you went into that because that was, this was such a journey for us. It's like almost like we were preaching it before we were willing to fully step into it. But that has been some of the biggest mistakes we've made was trying to be, you know, everything to everybody. And the truth is you end up putting up the wrong type of barriers when you do that. So I'll just give an example of, let's say you're at a networking meeting and you meet two people and one person, they're both in marketing. And one person says, you know, Hey, I'm Joe. I am absolutely the best in our community at Swag. I can get you turnarounds in 48 hours. You know, you will be communicated with every 24 hours. If you're talking to me, here's my card. Here's my text. Here's my email. Here's a couple sample pieces I put together of Swag for you that I think would be great for your company. You know, and so that's your one person you meet. And the other person you meet says, well, yeah, I just do whatever people ask me to do. I'm in marketing and I do this. And if you want to reach me, you have to fill out this form on my email. And so there are different types of barriers, right? The one person does have barriers in the standpoint that they are claiming that they're going to do print jobs for you or do a new website for you. But you walk away knowing, man, when I need swag, like that is 100% the person I'm going to go to because that's what they do all day long. And they're really good at it. And they're really easy to communicate with. The other guy does swag as part of his overall marketing, which he may not have even mentioned to you, but he does do swag, but you know, maybe he does it twice a year mm-hmm. and he, you know, he has to go look up who the company is and maybe not going to be the best price. And the turnaround might take an extra couple of weeks. So it's like, he would say, well, I have no barriers up because I'm willing to do anything. 
Right. Right. But the truth is it's a barrier to you doing business with him because it's going to make it harder for you. Right. Yeah. So the other guy just laid everything out. Everything was clear and clean and it's an easy process and you know, he's an expert and the other one. So that's really what we're talking about. And that was a big step for us that we had to, and we did it slowly, you know, where basically we were kind of a general agency and then we started moving into service, you know, okay, we're only going to really focus on service clients, service and B2B. And so we started moving that direction. Okay, well, mental health and health are going to be like two of our core pieces. And it's taken us years to do that. But what's really happened is that now we're attracting amazing clients in those spaces because we put out direct right. pieces saying, this is who we focus on. This is what we do well. Here's all the evidence of this. This is how we can help you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that you said keep some barriers up because you're right. Not everybody, unless you're Walmart or Amazon or, you know, unless you're like, that's really the only other option is you have to dominate the entire market. Right. Or you niche. And mm-hmm. that being in the middle really doesn't work. Because no, it's the worst why, possible why we, place. Right. It's not clear. It's not easy to do business with you. It's not faster. It's not less expensive. Like why? Right. Absolutely. So we've talked about that we want to remove some barriers, but maybe not all barriers, depending on you know your target audience and how niched you are and how important niching is. So what are some barriers that are really common that we see all the time in today's marketing, especially digital marketing? Yeah, huge barrier that we see. And this is, I'm going to start with service industry because service industry, generally, you want to make everything clear, easy, efficient. Like that is your differentiator, right? If there's 300 dentists in your town, like one of the things that'll make you set apart is having as little barriers as possible to make an appointment. So one of the first barriers that we often see is that you go to the website, like we talked about earlier, you can't even find out where to contact them. The hours are very limited for communication and you have to fill out a form. So we can see by just our clients looking at the back end of sites that only 13% of people, once they get to the form, will actually fill it out. So the form itself is a barrier. They're frustrated. They're like, I don't really, I mean, how often we've been there like, I don't really want to do this right now. I'll just come back to it later. And then you may or may not ever come back to that particular, you know, service provider, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody else. So your first thing there is make it super easy for people to communicate with you from wherever they're at, whatever time it is. So if it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, and it's a mom who you know works all week and is not going to be available Monday through Friday, nine to four, whatever your hours are. You need to have a bot. You need to have a chat bot. You need to have a really easy way to email or to text something that's going to give them an immediate response that says that you got it. You don't necessarily have to be able to book online at that moment, but something to capture their information that now puts it on you to make that appointment and get back to them versus them having to worry about it again. So super simple, but again, not done very well or very often. So Mm -hmm. this one can just be that immediate barrier. And the next part that we see in service industry, the next main barrier, I would say, is not being clear about what services you actually provide and how. So just saying very generally, I'm a mental health provider that helps individuals, couples, you know, everybody, the person isn't going to necessarily feel that that applies to them. So being specific, and it doesn't mean you have to limit everybody else, but you can let people know what you specialize in, and they're going to feel more aligned with that. So those two things coming to service, I think, are the two most important. 
absolutely. So what are some other barriers that we commonly see as we're interacting with clients? Yeah, another barrier is really the complexity of the subject. I mean, so we have a we have a client right now that is super complex. Took me a month just to really wrap my head around them. I absolutely love them. They're so fascinating. But you know, they deal with space. They're not a space as an outer space, not just (laughs) your space that you live in. We're talking outer space here, people. Right. Deal a lot in space and satellites and fiber networks, and they're not direct to consumer. They're direct to business. Mm -hmm. And what they do is very complex, like very, like I said, it took me a long time just to really wrap my mind without being in their industry. But this would be my main advice. And the main thing we see with really complex clients like this is that often the people that are in these industries are so in the weeds of these industries, right? They've spent, you know, their entire career, 20, 30 years working in space or broadband or whatever that complex B2B industry is, they have acronyms. They have all this they speak their own language. Right? Mm-hmm. And most industries do to some degree or another. Right. And nobody wants to feel dumb. Mm-hmm. So when you've got a complex service or a complex product that you are providing, I mean, this is back to what Einstein said, if you can break that down, and oftentimes you can't break it down in words, you have to break it down visually. Right. You can break that down for the potential people that they would do business with. Remember, people you're doing business with, this is a human-to-human connection. They still have to understand who you are and what you do to make that Mm -hmm. phone call or to make that reach out if you're trying to market that way, if you're trying to open yourself up for potential new clients. And don't assume that they know your acronyms or any of that stuff. So one of the biggest things we're able to accomplish for this client is breaking it down visually, is being able to put what they do into infographics and into animation videos. And we actually created a video brochure that went to every person in our state legislature who these are politicians. They don't have context, right, for what mm-hmm. it is this company is doing. But when they could see it visually, they went, oh, okay. I got it. You know, 30 seconds visually, they understood what the company did versus I don't know that they would have ever taken the time to read it all. So when you've got something complex, you know, 85% of people are visual. Some people like you're weird, Adrian, you'd rather read a blog than watch a video and that's fine. But don't be afraid to represent it to potential clients and don't assume that they know. Because this has opened up their world tremendously where before they felt like they had to speak in their language all the time. And now they're recognizing, okay, when we just open it up to more people understanding who we are and what we do, that gives us a much bigger ability to reach new clients. Absolutely. So one of the things that we hear a lot or we get questions about, do I have to anticipate different barriers, you know, in my industry versus another? And our answer is yes, always. But really it comes down to what Jennifer just identified is you need to think about your industry and how complex is either the product or the service that you're offering and being able to know again who your niche is. Because if you don't know who your niche is, you don't know how much to simplify what it is that you're communicating. Because we have another very complex client who's dealing with a lot of data stuff and geo mapping and all kinds of really complex stuff like that. But their primary target audience are other people in their industry that understand the language. They already talk that language. And so if they dumbed it down and that's a weird terminology to use, but if they simplify it down to a layman, 
they're then actually coming across as not as much of the authority in the industry because they're talking to other people in their industry. But if we don't identify the niche, then you don't know who you're talking to. And so it becomes so important that I'm harping on that niche thing today. But that is a big part of what we help clients do is really identify who are you talking to? Because then you know what barriers to remove. Like the example that Jennifer just gave, they're talking to business to business, but businesses that are not in their industry. And so they will talk over their heads if they don't simplify the message. So yeah, who are your target audience? Are they in your industry? Are they in another industry? And I mean, we see this a lot with attorneys and medical professionals. Again, they're talking in their language, right? They're talking in legalese or they're talking, you know, medical jargon. You might as well be reading a medical manual. Certain amount of that we appreciate as consumers because we are like, okay, they obviously went to school for this. They read the manual. They can talk the manual. But what does that mean for me? And that takes us back to that tagline of ours is that you're cultivating connection with your ideal clients. So what's going to cultivate that connection? And if that is talking in your language of your industry, then by all means, go for it. That's a barrier you want to leave up because that's going to weed out people that are not in that industry. And that's going to really help weed out people that are not going to be your ideal client. But in the example that Jennifer gave, if they had talked to all those legislatures at their level of technology and languaging and acronyms, they would not have connected. They were not cultivating connection with those people if they had did that. So that example she gave of that video brochure that we did with the strong visuals, that was cultivating that connection with people. And they were their ideal clients from a certain standpoint. So Yes, barriers do change industry to industry, but a lot of it has to do with the complexity. So, and sometimes that's often tied to money. Usually the more complex it is, the more expensive it is because it is complex. And there's a lot of education. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of expertise that goes into creating oftentimes more complex things. So you really do have to understand your product and your service on an incredibly deep level. And you've got to be able to break it down like that quote we started with, with Einstein, you got to break it down into its simplest pieces, whatever that means for your target audience and whatever that means for removing those barriers. But if you Don't start like we started talking about your niche and your ideal client and understanding what barriers to remove. And if you don't understand which barriers to remove, you can end up kind of removing too many potentially. Or the wrong ones. Yeah. Or the wrong ones. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into the deeper level on this, which probably we'll save for the next episode. But the deeper, I mean, we're just talking very basic surface stuff here, which which is like, you know, how do you communicate? And how do you create that connection on the front end? What we haven't even gotten into is what are all the barriers of the potential client that you'd want to do business with really have nothing to do with you. 100%. But we know like in the dental industry, there is tremendous barriers to people wanting to go to see a dentist at all. So we haven't even gotten into that. We're just talking about the barriers for maybe like, you know, them booking (laughs) something on your website versus a competitor. But if you're willing to do that and then go deeper into really knowing and understanding your industry. Like Adrian and I worked really hard on this with digital marketing, recognizing that we are in a very untrusted industry, mm-hmm. an industry where it's very easy for people to get in and then very easy for people to get out. 
And there's just like a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. And so that unfortunately can allow people to operate in the gray, right? So knowing that we have these barriers in our industry, that's way beyond whether you choose Beacon or you choose a competitor. Right. It's that you may not trust digital marketing agencies at all. Yeah. Right. Because of experiences or things you've heard or stuff like that. Or you watch too many episodes of Mad Men, you know, and you don't trust advertising at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so those are barriers that are well beyond, you know, just whether they do business with you or understand what you do. But we're giving the foundational pieces today Mm -hmm. of really, well, how do you remove those foundational barriers? So then you can even get to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode talking about removing barriers. We hope you join us for our next episode. We're going to be digging into the buying process What are the steps in the buying process and how does that affect cultivating those connections with your ideal clients? But first, we're going to identify those buying processes. So we hope you join us next time for that. And we hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Beacon Way. We hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us some stars on your podcast channel of choice. For more information, tips, and notes from the show, check us out at beaconmm.com. For more information on how Beacon can help market your business, email us at welcome at beaconmm.com.